Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. Today on the podcast, we are going to be continuing our all 32 NFL team previews for the upcoming 2023 fantasy football season. And today we are ending our journey in the NFC North with the Chicago Bears. We're going to talk about what made the Bears offense go in the 2022 season. Spoiler alert, it was Justin Fields. And talk about what you can look forward to in 2023 from... A rather interesting team that had a lot of changing pieces, some new additions, definitely a lot of changes at the running back position. We're going to break it all down and tell you where you should be drafting the Chicago Bears in redraft, dynasty, and best ball leagues. Now, while we're here, if you're watching on YouTube, please hit the subscribe button. Please hit the like button. It really does help me out a lot, and I really do appreciate it. It shows me a lot of support. If you're listening to the podcast on audio form, Spotify, Apple, or wherever else, please rate and review. Also, if you're interested in signing up for any new sports books or DFS sites, we are now partnered with Sign Up Expert. So head to signupexpert.com slash Mike's Picks to get the best promo codes for all DFS and sports book sites that are available in your area. All right, enough with the introduction. Let's go ahead and get started talking about the Chicago Bears. But first, let's get a quick word from our friends at Spotify. So the Bears were not exactly a potent offense in the 2022 season. They ranked 28th in the league in yards per game and 23rd in the league in points per game. The Bears offense was not held by their own tempo. They played at one of the slowest tempos in the league. They ranked 30th in total plays. And a big reason why was because... You tend to play at a slower tempo when you run the ball because, you know, the clock kind of runs after you run the ball. Uh, And so they ranked first in the NFL in rush rate. They had the highest percentage of play calls that were runs in the 2023 season. Also, I do think it's worth noting, the Bears drastically changed their offensive play calling and strategy after week six. Prior to this, they were just kind of running your run-of-the-mill NFL offense. They played Washington on a Thursday night and had kind of like a – by not by week, but like a week and a half to prepare for their next game the following Sunday. And what they did was in that week and a half, totally retool their offense, use Justin Fields as a runner, use him in zone reads, RPO scenarios, and as a design runner on just some, you know, design quarterback runs. And it just drastically changed their play calling, drastically changed their production pretty much for the better. But what it did was it really unleashed Justin Fields. And we're going to go ahead and break that down. So in 2022, Justin Fields finished his quarterback six overall and quarterback five in fantasy points per game. From week six on, after they changed their offense, Justin Fields was quarterback three in fantasy points per game. He only trailed Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts. It's incredibly impressive. Now, also, a big reason that he did this was because they redesigned their offense around Fields' rushing ability. Fields ranked second among all quarterbacks in carries per game and rushing touchdowns and ranked first among all quarterbacks in yards. Now, I do think that it's worth noting that when you talk about Justin Fields, his rushing is key, right? Rushing is king. And in fantasy football, rushing is king. Rushing quarterbacks tend to give you really good fantasy seasons because they give you those rushing points for yards and touchdowns. And so just how dominant was Justin Fields? Well, from week five until the end of the last season, Justin Fields averaged 90.5 rushing yards per game, which was significantly higher than any other quarterback. He scored 12.9 fantasy points per game just on rushing, which would have put him as like a top 20 running back. And he also ran 7.4 design runs per game. There were starting running backs in the NFL that were not getting that many design runs per game. So Justin Fields, rushing ability, absolutely what you love to see from a fantasy football perspective for 
last season and looking ahead to this season. So for this season, the bottom line for the Bears quarterback position is this. Justin Fields' rushing abilities give him not only an incredible floor, but incredible ceiling as well because he can give you these spike games where he just breaks off an 80-yard run and boom, there's 14 instant points. The passing volume, which was dead last in the league last season for the Bears, can only go up and the addition of DJ Moore should only help Justin Fields. So when you look at what the rushing ability that Justin Fields already has with the potential for increase in passing volume and more efficiency in passing volume because they got him a pretty darn good wide receiver, Justin Fields has legitimate quarterback one overall ceiling. Now, in terms of actual rankings, Fields is my quarterback five for the 2023 season. I have him behind only Mahomes, Allen, and Hurts, and then Joe Burrow is my fourth quarterback off the board. I have Justin Fields ahead of Lamar Jackson, ahead of Justin Herbert, ahead of Dak Prescott, and all others. So, Fields, quarterback five, and I absolutely think that in best ball, if you're drafting him, he's one quarterback that I would be willing to draft kind of unstacked. Like I don't think you have to go out of your way to draft DJ Moore or to draft Cole Komet or something like that if you draft Justin Fields because he's going to get so many points through rushing that it doesn't necessarily mean that when Fields has a good game, one of his receivers is going to have a good game also. Obviously, I do still prefer stacking in best ball, and I think if you can get him with Moore or Komet, that's obviously optimal, but I think his rushing ability does give you an option that you don't necessarily have to stack him in best ball. All right, that does it for the quarterback position. Let's go ahead and talk about the Bears running back room. So last year for the Bears, David Montgomery finished his running back 24 overall and running back 27 in fantasy points per game. Apologies for the typo on the PowerPoint. Montgomery had previously finished his running back 6 and 12 in the 2020 season and the 2021 season, respectively. So 2022 is a little bit of a down year. And if you look at it, it's directly because of his opportunity. In 2020 and 2021, Montgomery was a workhorse back. He ranked top five among running backs in snap share and opportunity share. But last season, it was whittled down a little bit as the team found ways to use Khalil Herbert a little bit more. So Montgomery's snap share was only 64.7% and his opportunity share was only 60.3%, which ranked 13th and 18th in the league respectively. So David Montgomery, not quite the workhorse we were used to seeing last year, and he was still a top 25 back. And... David Montgomery is no longer a Chicago Bear. He's now a Detroit Lion. So who is left in this Bears backfield? Well, in his two NFL seasons so far, Khalil Herbert has not seen more than 140 touches in a season or posted a finish better than running back 40. However, I do want to point out this. With Khalil Herbert, in just games played without David Montgomery in the past two seasons, Herbert has scored 30.9, 11.1, 19.2, and 18.3, and 8.8 fantasy points. So in five games, that is an average of 17.7 fantasy points per game, which actually, if you extrapolated that over a whole season, would have been running back six last season. So the question is, with Montgomery gone, does Herbert just automatically get the Montgomery work? And that what we see out of Khalil Herbert, I think it's a possibility. But like we just said, he's never seen more than 140 touches in a season. We've never seen what he looks like as an every down back for a sustained amount of time in the NFL. We've seen spurts of it. We've seen him used as a package player, as a rotational player, but not as an every down back. So I think there's definitely some upside there with Khalil Herbert, but there's definitely some risk if he's just not that guy. So who could be that guy? Well, the Bears also signed Deontay Foreman from the Carolina Panthers, and he 
ranked as running back 23 from weeks 7 through 18 last season, which was after Christian McCaffrey was traded to the 49ers. But in those games, Foreman averaged a 50% snap share throughout week 7 through 18, and he saw nine total targets all of last season. So Deontay Foreman could be the early down like plotter type back that just doesn't get a whole lot of receiving work, sees about a 50% snap share, and then in passing situations, Khalil Herbert is in the game, which is kind of what Khalil Herbert's role was last season. It's kind of what Deontay Foreman's role was last season. I think that's a very possible outcome, and so I think that Foreman's ceiling is probably the lowest of all these Bears running backs because he's not going to get you the work in the passing game. Now, the guy who I think has the highest ceiling of all Bears running backs is Roshan Johnson, who is a rookie out of the University of Texas. If that surprises you a little bit, yes, he was B. John Robinson's backup at Texas. And as a guy who watched him all four years as a Texas Longhorns fan, like hook him, um, Roshan Johnson was really good like really good. Like there was not much of a fall off from Bijan Robinson to Roshan Johnson. Bijan averaged 6.1 yards per carry last season. Roshan averaged 6.0 yards per carry last season. Roshan can be used in the red zone. Roshan can be used as a passing down back. He can catch passes out of the backfield. He's got elite size, elite speed. And I think that he's a super high upside pick because with the limited sample size that we saw from him in college, nobody really knows what he is. But he could be an every down back who is great in the red zone and catches passes. For more on Roshan Johnson, check out the channel on YouTube or the podcast feed wherever you're listening. Uh, and you can hear my running backs that I love episode, the running back buy list. Roshan Johnson is on there, spoiler alert. But I, I talk up Roshan Johnson a lot, like I just did right here. I think he is the Bears running back that has the genuine highest ceiling. So here's the bottom line for the Bears running backs. I'll try to summarize. It's yet to see if Khalil Herbert can be more than a bit player over the course of a full season. Deontay Foreman will likely not see the workload that he requires to be a great fantasy option because he does not catch passes and he's going to need a huge snap share to be able to break through. I think Roshan Johnson is the guy. I think he's going to have a breakthrough rookie season. However, I just mentioned three names that all have a legitimate possibility of being the Bears RB1. So this is pretty darn volatile. And the fact that they run the ball a lot, the Bears do, but Justin Fields gets some of them, makes it even more volatile. So I think all three of these guys are draftable. I think that in terms of upside, Johnson has more upside than Herbert, who has more upside than Foreman. But I think that you're pretty much just kind of using the information that you have and hedging your bet if you draft one of them. I think they're all three draftable. I have them ranked very closely together for this reason. I have Roshan Johnson as my running back 42, Khalil Herbert at 43, and Deontay Foreman at 44. All right, that does it for the running back position. Let's go ahead and break down the wide receivers. So at the wide receiver position, the Chicago Bears did not have a wide receiver finish in the top 60 last season. It's pretty bad. In fact, a Bears wide receiver only cracked the weekly top 30 four times all last season, with Darnell Mooney doing it three times and Dante Pettis doing it once. In fact, it gets even worse. A Bears wide receiver only scored double-digit fantasy points eight times last season. Why, you might ask? Well, we mentioned earlier they had the lowest passing volume of any team in the league. Also, they weren't really deep at the wide receiver room. Like, they weren't, like, really good. And so you saw a lot of passing game that funneled to the tight end and to the running back as opposed to the wide receivers. You also saw a large amount of rushing volume from Justin Fields as well. So 
How did the Bears fix that problem? Well, DJ Moore's coming over from Carolina, and he finished last season as wide receiver 24 in a Carolina offense that was almost as equally low volume as the Bears. Like Carolina was also running at a super slow tempo, super high rush rate. So I don't think that the situation is that much worse for DJ Moore. In Moore last season, to his credit, even with the low-volume offense, succeeded. He was able to record five weekly top 20 finishes last season with a 27.7 target share that ranked him 12th in the league out of all wide receivers. So the bottom line is this. If DJ Moore can come over and still be the same high-volume player that he was in Carolina, still get over a 25% target share, then he can easily finish as a top 25 receiver like he did last year, this year in Chicago. However, the low volume of the Bears passing offense definitely brings some concerns against not only DJ Moore, but against all other Bears wide receivers. Darnell Mooney was their projected wide receiver one last season, and while he was their highest-scoring fantasy player, he wasn't great. Chase Claypool was traded for last year from the Pittsburgh Steelers for a second round pick. And he wasn't all that great. So just thinking about the low volume of this offense, I just really don't see myself drafting anybody other than DJ Moore. And I'm probably not super eager to draft DJ Moore at his current cost. So in my rankings, I have DJ Moore as my wide receiver 30, Mooney as my wide receiver 57, and Chase Claypool as my wide receiver 65. I'm still holding out a little bit of hope in the talent of Chase Claypool. I, I think a lot of other people have him lower than wide receiver 65, but I just think like when you actually start ranking, uh, he's significantly more talented than a lot of the other guys he's down near. So I, I'm kind of still holding out a little bit of hope for that. All right, that does it for the wide receivers. Let's go ahead and talk tight ends. So Cole Komet had a breakthrough 2022 with the Chicago Bears. He finished last season as tight end eight overall and tight end 16 in fantasy points per game. After the Bears retooled their offense, we mentioned this numerous times already, Cole Komet was tight end five from week six through the end of last season. So he did finish the season much stronger than he began it. One thing that I liked about Komet's profile is that he had a high weekly ceiling. He had four weekly top five finishes. However, none of his other like games were in the weekly top 10. So like he really either had a ceiling week or a floor week, which is something that at the tight end position, I'm kind of not super opposed to because he's going to help you win those weeks. I'm definitely not opposed to it in best ball. When, when he has those floor weeks, you can just have another guy start at the tight end spot. So when it comes to Cole Komet, I'm looking at a tight end position this year that's not very deep. And so I think that Komet has enough upside to be drafted as a starter in redraft leagues, whether it's 10 team or 12 team. And I think that his weekly ceiling makes him a really, really solid target in best ball. Like if I'm looking for or if I'm waiting on a tight end and I'm going to be like the last one in my best ball league to draft a tight end, Cole Komet's a really solid choice for that because you can get him a guy with a high weekly ceiling and draft somebody down the road like a Juwan Johnson or a Gerald Everett that you know can kind of just fill in the gaps for you. And so I, I really do like Komet in best ball formats because of that high weekly ceiling. So all in all, for redraft leagues, Komet is my tight end 12 for the 2023 season. All right, that does it for the Chicago Bears 2023 team preview. If you like what you saw on YouTube, please hit the like button. It really helps me out. And please subscribe to the channel. You'll be notified when all of our new episodes drop. Like our remaining eight NFL team previews. Like the rest of our position-by-position position analysis for this fantasy football season. And the rest of our weekly golf and college football content. If you're listening on audio form, please rate and review. Again, really helps me out a lot. Shows me a lot of support. I do appreciate it. Real quick, I got to show you guys sign-up experts. So, I am now partnered with SignUpExpert. And so if you go to signupexpert.com slash Mike's Picks, 
it will link to your location and it will give you the best promo codes for any DFS player props or sportsbook site that is available in your area. And if you go through my site, it also shows me some support as well. Um, so if you're interested in signing up for any of those, you'll get the best promo code and it'll also help me out also. So if you're interested, I recommend it. Also, if you want to see my full rankings and draft guide for all 32 NFL teams, head on over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. All right. That does it for this episode, y'all, on the Chicago Bears. Hopefully, I was able to give you guys some information that will help you know when and where to draft these Chicago Bears in redraft dynasty and best ball leagues this year. Thank you guys for watching or listening, and I will see you next time.